0: All right, joining us now is Tony Arterman and, uh, of Wise Wolf Gold. And of course, Tony has set up davidknight.gold to let him to take you to his website, let him know that you're coming through me. Uh, good to have Tony on because last week he was in Mexico speaking at a conference.
1: Uh, thanks for joining us, Tony. Tell us a little bit about that conference. Well, thanks for having me back, David. Uh, I had a great time. It was Anarcapulco in Acapulco, Mexico, the uh, dollar vigilante and cri- crypto vigilante crowd. Uh, I sponsored the event. I was the only gold sponsor and I got to speak on crypto day. So I had wow. 40, 40 minutes on Valentine's day, uh, in the morning to speak. And it went really well. You know, they, these are people that, uh, and again, the, the, uh, theme to the dollar vigilante is surviving and thriving after the dollar collapse. And that's been Jeff Berwick, who's the founder of that. That's been his mantra for years and years. And, now we're really seeing, and that's what I spoke about on, on crypto day. And I said, you know, gold and crypto and, and silver, uh, precious metals, these go together because th- this is a, we're creating a parallel system. Uh, you know, you have Gresham's law that states when uh, bad money enters a system, good money goes into hiding. And I think that's coming to fruition. You know, the, the good money's coming out of hiding because the, the bad money that enter the system is crashing the system itself. And so that's what I spoke about. Um, you know, everywhere you look, is de-dollarization. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah, and it's it's accelerating. I was looking at a story uh, this morning, just facts and figures. You know, you look at uh, the the Russian economy. Two years ago, only one percent of financial transactions went on in in the Chinese yuan. Now it's thirty four percent, and they've completely abandoned the dollar. When I, when I opened up my talk in Anarchapoco, I said, uh, the first thing I said was, when I was 23 years old, I got to see a currency die in real time, a paper currency. You know, in you know, Voltaire's maxim that uh, all paper currency eventually go, returns to its natural value state, which is zero. Uh, and that's looking at something happened to the Iraqi dinar, you know, and it, you, we were told the first mission I had in, in Mosul uh, when the Iraqi Republican Guard fell, was to go to the bank. And there wasn't any other orders other than try to find some semblance of security because <laughs> everybody's running out with boxes of Iraqi dinar with Saddam Hussein's picture on them. But they were worthless. Nobody wanted them. <laughs> and, I, and I said, now, now think about this, folks. 20-plus years later, I'm talking to you, and the Iraqi parliament is making it illegal. For you to transact in dollars, especially for major Iraqi banks, they are abandoning the dollar. What does that say? Because the only currency that you could use post U.S. invasion in Iraq in two thousand three, upwards till the last uh, you know a couple of years, was American dollars. Yeah, yeah. Think about how far that, how far the U.S. dollar has fallen in the last twenty plus twenty plus years. It's absolutely amazing. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, how much uh, one of the Iraqi notes uh, with Saddam Hussein's picture on it is compared to uh, Confederate note with uh, Jefferson Davis's picture on it. <laughs> What's the exchange rate for those two currencies? <laughs> They've gone to zero, <laughs> except for a, probably the uh, Confederate currency. Right. Is a collector's item. So, you know, it's got some value from that standpoint. But, yeah, that's, that's where it always goes. But that truly is amazing uh, because, you know, Iraq is um, – is really still uh, heavily um, influenced uh, with
1: uh, U.S. troops there
0: and all the rest of that stuff,
1: but they don't want to use the U.S.
0: dollar. Well,
1: it's because I think because of Iran's uh, influence in the region, and now they're uh, Shia-based in their governance. You know, Saddam Hussein was, was Sunni, and, of course, the Sunni triangle, and the Sunni are the the minority, and now the Shia are the actual majority in Iraq. And I think that's that what's happening is the long-term de-dollarization and waning U.S. geopolitical uh, hegemony, you can just it's showing its face right there. Yeah. That's really all you need to know.
0: And, and that's an important point, too, when you talk about the Shias and the Sunnis, and then, of course, we also got the Wahhabists well, in, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Islam is not this monolithic thing. It's got all these different factions, and just like Christianity was in the Middle Ages, these different um, denominations, if you will, of Islam – Uh, are politically connected you know that you they have a a unification just like they did at the time in the middle ages there was this you know connection politically as well as uh, with a church and it was really the politics that was more important than it was the the religious aspect and so that's that's where these these islamic countries are right now and people think of them as um,
1: monolithic but they're not and they're they're fighting each other not just us no, oh, absolutely. Non-monolithic. Yeah. It wasn't George W. Bush who said there's different types of Muslims like he couldn't believe it like that. it was actually I think it was Joe Biden uh, when he uh, maybe a moment of lucidity or a talking point from a think tank. He said, yeah, I mean, this is like 20 plus years ago. He's like, well, maybe Iraq should be divided into three parts, you know, you the Kurdish north, uh, the Sunni triangle in the middle, and then the rest is, is Shia. And I thought, well, that might make sense if someone I've lived there for a year and I was, you know, in in combat for a year there. So I know I know a a decent amount about Iraqi history and and culture. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 not monolithic at all. And uh, but I think one of the things that unites them all across the the Arab world, whether you're talking about uh, Saudi Arabia or Iran, is de dollarization. They're moving away from the dollar. The petrodollar is dying. Mm -hmm. Why this is not headline news all over the, the financial network should be talking about this, not the FANG stocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what? I mean, what importance is that if the dollar dies? Literally, you know, the, you have uh, Saudi Arabia is BRICS plus now. That's official. I mean, this was theory a year ago. We were saying, well, you know, Saudi Arabia is in talks with uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, which was already 40 percent of the world's population. Then you add Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. game over. Now, we're still... It's it's funny we're just like we're in the shadow of the once uh, dominating dollar, and it's going away. I'm, and I'm that's my really everything I'm talking about lately is is leading back to de-dollarization. What happens afterwards? Because I don't think that the horse has left the barn. I don't. You, you can't do anything at this point. Even David, I don't even know if World War Three would bring the dollar back to its original dominance. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so well, when we you, are, look at,
0: we you look at Saudi Arabia joining the BRICS, I mean, that's it right there, uh, because yes. they were really the linchpin. You know, we had Saudi Arabia and you had Iran uh, with the Shah. And, and that was the U.S. Uh, power within, um, you know, the um, oil production uh, producing area. And then tying that all to uh, the U.S. dollar and, and them buying uh, U.S. weapons and that type of thing. When Saudis leave, because we lost Iran a long time ago. Uh, but when the Saudis leave, that's it. Uh, that that's really the petrodollar right there.
1: Uh, end of game. Yeah, that's all she wrote. And then the the dollar's propped up by something called money velocity. And we spoke about this many times, but yeah. money velocity is basically it's like the Ponzi scheme. When you quit using it, it's, or maybe uh, you could liken it to Tinkerbell. If you don't clap, Tinkerbell dies. And the same thing with the dollar, if you don't use it, it dies. And you got, you've got 80% of all the $100 bills ever made in physical form are not in the United States of America. They're being used around the world. And that's when I saw, you know, in as a young soldier, when I saw people just dumping the Iraqi dinar, it's it went to zero and using the American dollar. I thought, okay, well, this is pretty universal. Now they're not using the dollar that's slowly going away. You have uh there's a gold boom going on in China. They're not exporting. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the Swiss, uh, the six year high on uh, gold exports to India and China. So, even in the midst of China's real estate decline, a massive bubble uh, and recession, they've overbuilt uh, their currencies in real trouble, but they are buying gold. And uh, while the rest of the world sleeps, I don't think they realize what's happening.
0: Well, and, of course, commercial real estate issue that's there. But even beyond that, uh, China was way overbuilt and other things. And the stock market getting very, very shaky now uh, with these uh, big companies getting shaky like Evergrande. And they imposed... Uh, They basically just stopped a a company that was uh, selling too much stock too quickly because they're afraid that the whole market there is going to collapse. That's how shaky it is in China. So they're putting all kinds of draconian uh, restrictions on their stock market. There's an interesting article from uh, International Man, the number one warning sign that capital controls are coming soon, just like the Chinese are putting controls on the stock market, uh, we could have these capital controls happen here on cash and all the rest of this stuff. And as he points out, he said, sorry, been done in a lot of different countries, Argentina, Lebanon, Venezuela, Iceland, Greece, Cy- uh, Cyprus, Turkey, Russia, Ukraine, China, India, South Korea, and governments in countless other countries have done these um, capital controls and done it recently. And so he said, so what's uh, what's the sign that it's going to happen here in the United States? He said the warning sign to look out for. Is when they say it's not going to happen. <laughs> when they when they start to, they start to talk about it and say, well, you know, the capital control, Don't worry, it's not going to happen. That's when you got to be concerned that it's going to happen real soon
1: after that, right? It's like the early seventies with price controls. Yeah, you know, Nixon took us off the gold standard in, in August of nineteen seventy-one, and then that followed with price controls because they had to figure out how to stop the runaway inflation. Gold went up two thousand percent in the nineteen seventies, but gold didn't go up in value so run that through your mind that's, that's what i it's it's counterintuitive <laughs> folks the gold gold is not going up necessarily it's 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 the dollar is going down it's losing purchasing power and you you read off of that list of countries uh most of those economies i say the majority, are not doing well we're talking about venezuela they're selling off their gold holdings we could have so much debt has, has come due argentina uh same thing with their currency uh imploding so these th- th- those measures don't work yeah, and yeah. free floating free floating fiat currencies there's 52 times more currency on earth today than when I was born 44 years ago we have a massive systemic worldwide debt problem as well these things are coming together and um I think it's, a, it's a culminating in in what the IMF is even saying at Davos you know this the most headwind of of an economy since World War II which well, that's interesting. We're in a fourth turning. Isn't yeah. that interesting? 80, <laughs> 80 plus years on, uh, that's that's where we are. And so we're, we're positioning yourself. And I, I see this even, and this is, a, this is an open question. I asked this at Anarchapoco to the crowd because these are crypto people. I said, well, most of the time, you know, I look, I'm pretty pessimistic about the ruling class and what their views are. You had Larry Fink come out and say from BlackRock and say that, That Bitcoin is now a store of value in digital gold, which is a long way from where they were, you know, five years ago, basically saying that it's only used in illicit activities and money laundering and terrorism. And Warren Buffett said it was rat poison. Uh, Jamie Demon, (laughs) Jamie Demon said he'd fire any trader that went. Now they all have ETFs. Yeah. But It's interesting. So something's afoot there. You know, I, I had Stuart Anglerdon, on who wrote the book Rigged on the gold and silver markets and has dug into this uh, for years and years about how they rigged the gold and silver markets. His his theory on the Bitcoin ETF was that it was going to be used to suppress the price. But now we see, uh, you know, gold or, or, or Bitcoin at fifty one thousand and some change today, up 30 uh, percent in the last month. Uh, so there's something there's something to that unprecedented historical activity in the uh, currency markets. David, you, you see a big uh, finance moving away, buying gold, even again, even actors like uh, Larry Fink saying that dig, that uh, Bitcoin is digital gold and a store of value. So there's something there. It's an off ramp, yeah, perhaps, yeah. for the elite. We're, we're well, still looking at that.
0: Well, you know, I, I guess maybe Bitcoin was too honest for them. Uh, they had to come up with some kind of a devious derivative to attach on there before they could really d- double down on this thing and make it work for them. Well, maybe that's what it is. They're just waiting to roll out some kind of an ETF on top of it so they could uh, manipulate it uh, in in that regard. Yeah, I don't I don't trust these guys, but it is kind of interesting uh, to, to see how that is, um, uh, going back and forth. Um, we've got, um, uh, do, are these any questions? Yeah, we got, some, do we have uh, questions for Tony? Um, let's see. Uh, yes. Um, because uh, Tony had said, if you want to do, we're doing ask me anything questions here. If you want to ask him some questions, he'll take them uh, on rumble. We have uh, Sprumford says, uh, even after endless pep talks, My bookcase continues to whimper at the sight of Tony's. (laughs) So (laughs) you got a massive bookcase there. That's great. He likes your bookcase. Uh, uh, Kareem, thank you for the tip. He said, Tony, they just wanted you to clean up after the Israeli special forces team that already took the Iraqi gold from the
1: vaults. There you go. Well, that's that's where the Israeli army was. I never saw any Israelis when I was over in the Middle East uh, fighting for AIPAC. Yeah, that's right. Uh,
0: let's see. I don't think these other questions are for Tony. But anybody has any questions for Tony, uh, he certainly is willing to take them. You know, when we look at what happened with Argentina, Javier Malai, which I have my <laughs> – I have some concerns about him, especially after he went to Davos, because that always puts a a red flag on somebody for me. You can you can criticize Davos. You can criticize him to their their, I never went to Davos, but I got blocked by Davos, by the World Economic Forum on social media. I never addressed them directly. But, um, uh, you know, so you you can you can say things that uh, get their ire up and and that get noticed, at least by them, if not by other people um, without going there. And I always worry about people who physically go there. But he has focused, like he said, uh, the the central bank in Argentina was awful. He says I don't like any central banks, but some of them are worse than others. And so he's shut down the uh, uh, pretty much their their thing and pegged it to the dollar. Their inflation, Tony, has gone from one hundred fifty percent to two hundred and fifty percent. Did he pick the wrong central bank horse to bet on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was an article I read on my show about a month or so ago. Uh, on com about Malay. And he has ties to the IMF. He has ties to BlackRock. Yes. And Argentina was moving into the BRICS periphery. So did they, was this a coup to keep Argentina out of the BRICS? Because that seems, uh, that's the trend. That's where the energy is going. And, you know, like we've talked about many times, you know, the, the weaponization of the U.S. dollar, our actions. Not only that, it's not only just the weaponization, but the the econ- our economy is weak and we're not no, we're not making strategic decisions uh, about production or wealth or any of those things. And I think the, the world knows that looks at us and says, well, you're not doing well financially. Uh, you weaponized your currency. You know, there's 40 different sanctions on 36 different countries. We're out. And Argentina was one of those, and now you have this chainsaw wielding guy. Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds good. It sounds good on paper. He's an anarcho capitalist. You know, he's he talks about gold. He flies the the anarcho anarcho capitalist uh, flag. It's gold and black. He's got all of that going for him. But there's just something. It's almost too good to be true. So you, yeah. you, I, yeah. I'm skeptical. And, and and pegging yourself to the there's so many other alternatives. Uh, you know that, that you the ways you could go. The the dollar, and, and, you know, and you and I have spoken about this. It's just again, it's about usage, and the the, mat, the math is not going to be there for you uh, in the long run. Maybe the short run, there's not many uh, places to go right now. But again, two thousand one seventy five percent of all the global transactions and uh, went on in dollars, uh, and, and now it's forty three percent and declining rapidly. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a tr- that's a trend you'd want to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that gave me red flags on the chainsaw. The, the, all
0: of the theatrics and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know the country. I know that that works. But I saw these games, these theatrics, uh, the over-the-top uh, criticism of other people. And then coming around, it, all the stuff, same type of thing that Trump did. And then coming around and making friends with him, just like the World Economic Forum, as you point out. He's got these these ties to the IMF. Uh, he was all over the pope, who was um, from Argentina, and a Marxist, for sure. So he hated him. And it's like, OK, well, he doesn't like the pope. And and uh, then he converts to Judaism and everything. But then he goes to uh, the Vatican. And now they're all buddies there. You know? right. <laughs> and so it's like, wait a minute, there's something really phony going on here. I don't
1: it's, know. Maybe this is it's a like phony. Trump in 2016, exactly. you know, you, because, exactly. because you'd be in jail. And then you fast forward after his inauguration. Like, oh, she's a wonderful person. Yeah, Good people. Exactly. You know? and then we, that's just, you know, I had uh, I had the privilege of, of being on air with G. Edward Griffin. Uh, while I was producing for Don Jeffries uh, about a year ago, mm-hmm. and you get to talk to the wise old sage—I mean, G. Edward Griffin, the author of *The Creature from Jekyll Island* and he's such yeah. an activist, in the John Birch Society—and has been so, uh, far, he was so far ahead yes. of his time, you know, and he's in his 90s, and he's so sharp. And I, I told him, I said, I read *The Creature from Jekyll Island*, and uh, that was one of the reasons I'm in the gold and silver business. And we got, we got onto a series of questions. I said, what's the one thing? That you would warn the younger uh, activists about, and 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 those who are, are you know fighting this this battle. What what would you warn us against? And he thought about it, and he said, controlled opposition is the number one threat. It's the people that look like they're for you and they're not. So you can guess where he is politically. Like yeah. that was the, that was his theme. He's like, be uh, you know, it was a warning yeah. from from the old sage. And uh, I, I need to have it back on, but that, that, oh, yeah. I think. Wiser words were never spoken. I'd <laughs> love to get him
0: on again. I, I talked to him once years ago, uh, but he's right about that. And if you go back and you look at what what was it, uh, somebody like Gerald Griffin, who knows the Marxists and knows how they set this stuff up, uh, it was the Bolsheviks who set up the trust. That's what they called it. And, yeah, and so they, had, they ran all the anti-Bolshevik organizations were run by the Bolsheviks so that they would know they funded it. Uh, they, you know, they they did everything they could to promote this so they could draw in all their opponents and know who they were. And we see this happening over and over again. It's why <laughs> when you look at Trump, you look at Javier Malai, It's like it's definitely with Trump. Uh, Javier Malai, it's still kind of early days, but a lot of some uh, you know, signals that that's really, uh, I think, what is happening there. But getting back to the capital controls thing, uh, I thought it was interesting because he said, you know, the first thing is you're going they're going to say that they're not going to do capital controls. So when they actively deny, it, you know, they're about to impose it. And so he says. So, what do you do uh, about this? And so he has a couple of things here. He says, uh, "Have have a foreign bank account, uh, have real estate in a foreign country." And I looked at these first two things. And I thought, "That's exactly what Pfizer was doing." You know, when they when they when they went to Brazil and to Argentina and a third Latin American uh, country, which was not named by Stat News, a pharmaceutical publication, uh, they basically said, "You're going to hold us." Uh, harmless not just for the vaccine itself but also for negligence and manufacturing and shipping and all these other types of things which was not anything that anybody else is doing but we want to have a an insurance policy essentially on foreign assets assets bank account assets land and things like that that argentina and brazil and these other countries have in other countries so that we can get to that stuff. And so, uh, yeah, that is absolutely true. So there's nothing that we can really do about that, most people. But he mentions then uh, Bitcoin and then he mentions physical gold bullion coins. These are really the, the fallbacks that we've got are to, you know, to prepare ourselves against these capital controls are to have um, physical gold and to have um, uh, Bitcoin uh and things like that that's really the only thing that we've got in terms of a financial uh, aspect to make preparations for something like capital controls isn't it yeah and not etfs that's
1: right yeah not etfs they're actual <laughs> not, not paper right. not gld not slv and not whatever etf is is uh, claiming that they're buying bitcoin you need to have your wallet your keys it's really not hard to learn and it, you talk about cryptocurrency bitcoin is the only crypto I'm buying right now. And that's because of its decentralization. It's not run by a company. It's not run by a country. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it has lasted, Uh, you know, that it's still, it's still growing. The network's growing. The adoption is growing. So I'm buying, I'm bullish on Bitcoin. I'm, I'm not even really in the Bitcoin business anymore. I was some of the first uh, Bitcoin ATMs in this country. And I learned a lot from it, but, Really my mission right now is, is is still precious metals and that's gold and silver. No counterparty risk. Uh that that's the main thing. no no physical gold and silver, no counterparty risk. And one of the things I was talking with it's very hard to move physical precious metals across boundaries. That's why like you you see yeah. people getting into jewelry. That's just always a good idea. Uh think ways is you can travel with it. But when you're talking about a significant amount, you're looking at storage. And I uh, will be announcing something soon on uh, being able to store for people. I'm looking at a Texas location, possibly within this year, to to do some legitimate secured storage for people, That especially if they're going to be living outside the country.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, if they're outside the country. Uh, one of the things he cautions about is... Um, be careful about bank safe deposit boxes because it's going to be one of the first places that they oh. go. And we saw that happen in California where they went into that one area and the FBI stole all of this stuff from everybody. I mean, you know, there's one or two people that might have been involved in criminal activity, but they got it from everybody uh, by going into these safety deposit boxes. It's it's just uh, that's that's a difficult thing. Well, I got a couple of questions here. Uh so- <laughs> Well, start out with the with the uh, the funny one here. Billy the Kid, Part Two, says, I, "I just bought gold for the first time, Tony. I spent three thousand dollars and got me three pairs of Trump sneakers. <laughs> is there real gold in Trump's sneakers? I don't think there's anything. <laughs> I don't think there's anything real about those. Uh, but uh, I love that question. Uh, here is uh, a more serious question. Uh, I like that joke uh, for Tony." Uh, Sprumford says, Tony, what are your thoughts on silver versus gold? Is silver
1: worth holding? Stack silver. Uh, Silver long term, uh, it's the the price. uh, The the word I would use is ridiculous because we if you look at the price uh, history, 1980, $52.50 an ounce. Now, what's the purchasing power of $52.50 in 1980 versus today? It's what's probably like $250. Mm -hmm. It's it's it's. The the disparity there is insane. Uh, I'm about to release an interview I had with Peter Kraut, who wrote the Great Silver Bull book, and uh, that I, we we really dove into. Not only is the price of silver manipulated, I mean J.P. Morgan's been convicted of this. It's counterintuitive because most people don't pay attention because it's it's a price manipulation to suppress it. Now, why? Wh- why is that? And who is the largest holder of silver in the world? Oh, it's <laughs> J.P. Morgan. And so they're buying physical silver, and that's the thing: is is you're you're talking about hundreds of millions of ounces in deficits now for the demand versus the production. So the recycling, we and I've discussed this on my interview with Peter. Most of the silver it's in landfills, mm-hmm, you know, but mm-hmm. because it wasn't worth getting out of the electronic components to get thrown away only about 20% of the silver that hits the market is from silver mines. The rest of it is just uh, found in either recycling from from jewelry and, and, and other places or found in gold mining, copper mining. And they just, well, that's extra. So they set it aside. Th- th- there is not a lot of silver mining going on. So while the price is, is suppressed, it's, ch- it's too cheap to even go get it. So there's going to be a reckoning. And I I've, I've have seen Intel – that a lot of the big banks have stopped their shorts on silver, which they normally short it, hmm. and a lot of them are pulling those shorts. And so I think I think there's going to be in the next uh, year or so. Again, not investment advice has nothing to do with investment. Just watch this because yeah. I think it's going to become less and less available. And right, there's not there's not a, even after uh, the markets corrected some and uh, it's stabilized a bit. I still don't even see the amount of availability that I saw in 2019. It's we're not even close to that. So there's something if it, a whale right now that if there was a, it was two or three whales that wanted to come in and, and buy up the silver, they couldn't place the orders. We, we know that yeah. in the, so in the, in the physical precious metals business, you can't lock those trades. So I would, I would say get physical silver and stack it mm-hmm. for the long term because it's way out of, even the gold and silver rate, the gold and silver ratio historically is something that you need to pay attention to as well, because it's always been uh, either 10 to one or at the highest 20 to one. We're at 87 to one. Mm hmm. And that's even during the height of the scandemic, 125 to one at one time in the first quarter of twenty twenty. So that disparity, there's something there's a reckoning coming from the price of silver. I don't know what when, but it will happen. Math eventually kicks in.
0: And when you say it's counterintuitive that they're they're getting this to depress the price. Uh, but we've seen that type of thing happen before. I remember when the real estate market started collapsing and it's like uh so what what's their game on this? Because all of a sudden I remember we had a neighbor who refinanced their house, and and they got a really really low interest rate. Uh, they their payments went down. They got cash out of it, and all the rest of the stuff. And we looked at it, it's like, well, maybe we should do that. All of a sudden, within a week, the interest rates just jumped. And they said, well, it's something that happened in California now, spreading all over the country. And it's like, well, I don't know, but you know, why would they do this? Well, we see why they did it. They depressed the price of housing, and they bought into it. And they do this. They create uh, just like the you know the warnings about the creation of the Federal Reserve said they'll create uh bull and bear markets and they will profit when it goes up and profit when it goes down and so when they start depressing stuff like this excessively you know that they're playing a longer game and and uh, they're going to do something to uh on the other on the other side of it uh they are going to uh, uh artificially increase it probably as well uh we got a, another couple of questions here i think for you um tony what states can your paper goldbacks be used in
1: well, there's there's even in states where they're not used officially in those states, you could there's locations you can find that on uh, the, the Goldback websites. Uh, but there's uh, Idaho, there's Wyoming, New Hampshire, uh, Utah, just just to name a few. And there's others. And we're, we're getting more and uh, more access to those in, in the coming months. Yeah, you, you can look and you can actually find locations like me. I accept goldbacks. You can use goldbacks uh, at Wise Wolf uh, or e- both in uh, my Texas location and, and Branson. Yeah, uh, And there's individuals. So, yeah, you can go on their, their website and there's a there's a list of companies and locations. So it's really all over the country, not just those
0: states. That's uh, somebody asked me that question the other day. And I said, well, you know, when I was talking to Aaron Day. Uh, he wrote a book about CBDC and he's, he's talking about that. And he's, um, he's, he's very heavily into Bitcoin, gold, and silver, uh, but he said, I, I give people these, these gold paper notes and I'll give them a little sheet, you know, leave it as a tip, uh, when I'm at a restaurant, I'll give them a little sheet and tell them what this is. And, and that's the key thing, you know, whatever it is, uh, it's a medium of exchange. And, um, you know, for the most part, other people, if they buy into it you're good. It doesn't have to be something that is officially recognized at the state level. It just has to be recognized by the person that you want to buy something from. And if they understand what this is, then, and you may need to educate them on that. Uh, but if they understand what it is, you're fine with that. And, and so that's the key thing about um, all of this stuff. And, and you know, we have, um, uh, they're, they're going to try to, to pull on the other side, you're already starting to see some uh, trends like we see in the UK and other countries would say, we're not going to accept cash. We're not going to accept paper money uh, from the federal reserve, even though it says on it, uh, this is uh, legal tender for all debts, public and private, that type of thing. They can just say, no, I don't want to take it. Well, legally they have to take that, I believe. And yes. uh, but um, they don't legally have to take anything else from you. I mean, you could have a gold bar there that you want to give them for a, you know, a stick of gum, and they don't have to take that, you know, like they would have to take the, the paper money. But if, if they know what the value of it is, they would certainly accept uh, something that is way out of uh, a lot more valuable than what it is that you're trying to exchange for them. So it's just that uh, there has to be, um, you know, a, a give and take there uh, in terms of uh, making it legal tender, you know, even though uh, gold and silver is recognized in the, in the Constitution uh, and referenced, uh, you know, still have people that might say, well, I don't want to take the gold or I don't want to take the silver or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Uh, but I think that it's uh, what I like about it is the fact that it is um, uh, it, it breaks down uh, the gold in terms of a small enough unit that you can actually do something with it. And if things uh, hit, then it'll really get uh, popular,
1: I think. I have watched them grow in popularity. It's surprised me over the last five years. When I, I started my business six years ago, there, I almost had no business done in goldbacks and nobody asked for them. I get requests all the time. And I finally just said, every uh, membership level in Wolfpack, even the Wolf Cub, every month gets goldbacks. Everybody gets goldbacks because people like them. And I think you're right. They're divisible. They're recognizable. They're 24 karat gold. Uh, You can't go wrong with them. I just, you know, if you, if you've got, even if you can't spend them right now, I promise you eventually you will be able to, there's, there's more and more adoption every single day. I mean, people, and we've talked about this because of inflation, uh, people are starting to pay attention to the currency again and it's not getting better. It's not going to get better. The price of groceries is, is through the roof. They even had an article a couple of weeks ago on on uh, MSNBC or something like that, and they said, uh, well, people, uh, the price of TVs is stabilizing, the price of electronics is going down somewhat, and used cars is going down, but food keeps going up, and we can't figure out why. Well, the economy's <laughs> bad, and people aren't buying the TVs or the electronics as much. There isn't as much demand. That's economics 101, but people still need to eat, so that's where all the inflation is at right now so i and this is something that's it's not going to get better so goldbacks uh fractional silver fractional gold these are all really great things to have uh, in the, the parallel economy that's that's forming itself that's i mean right. really it's it's becoming it's organic it's building itself at this point that's right that's right because yeah. of the dollar
0: the uh i got a comment along those lines from the dude 7781 he said when the shelves of the store are empty a can of tuna then becomes worth far more than a lump of gold or paper with some dead guy's picture on it. And that's really, you know, when we look at it, it is, uh, it's relative to whatever the current situation is. If you sure. get to those kind of a dire straits where, you know, people are starving, then it's going to come back down to the can of food. It's going to come down to the, uh, to the lead that you've, <laughs> that you've accumulated in terms of <laughs> ammunition and things like that. Uh, that's what it's going to devolve to. But, you know, we're looking at, uh, a situation where if we go in, something that um, uh, that I've been through, you've been through as well, uh, what we saw in the 1970s, rat- the disruption that comes from inflation is just so incredibly... Uh, you know, difficult and and to live through. And I've seen that happen. I've seen what it does to everything when inflation picks up like that. So that's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it, of course, is the de-dollarization. We've never gone through anything like that in our lifetime. We've always had the dollar uh, be the king of all currencies. So we've never seen uh, what that's going to look like. But then the third thing is the CBDC. And the CBDC types of controls could be put there without a completely grid-down uh, you know uh, Apocalyptic scenario Where we're all Fighting over food The CBDC scenario Could be imposed Before that happens And to me That's really what uh, You know Setting some money aside In, in gold and silver Uh, And the people want to do it. Bitcoin, Uh, that's that's what that's really about, is a a hedge against the CBDC types of surveillance and control where they still have the the ability to get food. But they're just going to keep you out of the system and you've got to have some kind of a parallel uh, underground economy, Uh, gray market or even black market. That's where these things are going to come into play, I think.
1: Well, I agree with the assessment on a can of tuna. Uh, Robert <laughs> Kiyosaki tweeted that out a year ago, uh, saying, you know, that uh, again, you can't eat gold and silver. Even he said that you can't eat gold and silver. And I can't uh, eat tuna. I,
0: I can't. <laughs> it's going to have to be something else besides tuna for me.
1: Well, what gold and silver and Bitcoin are, or is this a bet that civilization will continue? Yeah. And uh, without civilization, uh, ex- uh, you know, monetary exchange units aren't relevant. Food is relevant water's irrelevant the way to protect yourself is more relevant so it really just depends on the degree of what kind of dystopia we're walking into so uh, you know would that surprise me if there was no economy probably not uh, for everything i know about history but i think that you know you're right this any sort of pause in what we uh, deem as normal we have normalcy bias any sort of pause or disruption in that will be where they insert the central bank digital currency. Uh, that that threat has not gone away. It, you, it still trickles down into our news feeds. You're, they're, they're still working on it, uh, you know, whether it's the IMF uh, with their Unicoin or the, the Bank of International Settlements, uh, the, the, the unified system. That they want to create the top-down uh CBDC control system that's being implemented. Yeah. So it's coming I mean, they just need a crisis. Yes, and it'll be oh, oh by the way we've got your wallet we've already got you 50 you know just do a hail satan and scan your biometrics and we'll go we'll give you your central bank digital card you can go buy groceries again and you're an approved citizen and you're essential. Yes. You know all this language will be used again. So that hasn't gone away. So the the fight for us to create parallel systems are like Catherine Austin Fitz has been talking about with sovereign state banks. And, uh, you know, we we have so much on the horizon that's good news. But um, you don't don't for a second think that they have stopped their plans to to create that that top down totalitarian control grid with the CBDC.
0: Yeah. As you point out, they've got all these different ones, Unicoin, WorldCoin. I mean, and and all these different central banks have got all their different coins. And as you see them saying uh, with the World Economic Forum, what we got to and at the EU, we got to have these things interoperable with each other. That's the key. They, they're they all designing all their own unique things and, and they'll be out there just like you can get a, a one ounce gold coin. And uh, it'll have, um, you know, maybe you get a V&A's coin. It's got, you know, a, an orchestra with a stuff on there. You got American Gold Eagle or a Krugerrand or whatever. They've all got their little stamp on it, but it's all essentially the same thing. So they're going to have their just like they got different gold coins that they meant. Uh, they're going to have these different CBDCs, but they're all going to be interoperable with each other. And, and, and so they're just they're creating this infrastructure. It's pretty much already in place. It just got to pull the trigger and unify it all. That's what we got to be concerned about. Uh another couple of questions here actually this is a comment and a, a tip thank you guard appreciate that he says not that the cold weather here in uh in New ha- in the New Hampshire studio inspires my thought but I wonder if Tony got info in Mexico regarding freedom lovers who are
1: trying to leave the US and where they're headed if so what about lots that? of, lots of expats and they had a whole system there at Anarchapoco and through the dollar vigilante, you can go check out their website. They've got uh, people that can help you, uh, you know, relocate. Are you looking at other countries that are well, possibly friendly to, you know, former U S citizens or dual citizens? And um, you know, whether it's uh, Mexico or Panama or Nicaragua, I've met a lot of people there that had moved out and uh, they're spending most of their time uh, in the, in the, in South America and other places, um, so, you know, do, do that research for yourself. It's, it's funny, almost everywhere I go, I meet people that know guard too. And I was, uh, That's I was I mean. in Arcapulco and I was like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> one of our, uh, a mutual friend now. And, uh, and I said, I'm talking to Carla. He goes, I'll oh, tell Carla, I said, hi, you know, from New Hampshire. And so it's interesting. You just meet people and people, people know guard, you know, it's a, uh, r- his reputation uh, is magnificent I, internationally. Guard, I meet people. I say, you know, guard Goldsmith. Absolutely, he's one of the greatest guys. So smart. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so well prepared. deserved. <laughs> he
0: definitely deserves that recognition, and uh, they're wise to listen to him. Uh, yeah, you know, I had that experience. Karen and I went, and um, I think it was 1998. Um, uh, my mom had died; she'd had a stroke. We were taking care of her, and and after she died, we thought, well, you know, we need to think about. And I'd been thinking about leaving the country ever since um, there was the. Uh, uh, Ruby Ridge in Waco. I thought, yeah, you know, I think we've we've <laughs> we've crossed the Rubicon here for sure. So we went to New Zealand to take a look at uh, living there. I actually set up a bank account temporarily there for a while to close that now. But the um, I, I looked at it seriously. And um, and I just, uh, you know, of course, I met with some people that were there that were also uh, liberty lovers. And, um, and and so we had this uh, discussion about who had it the worst. <laughs> I think they convinced me that <laughs> that america wasn't as far along as as new zealand was but i it just even then uh you know when i was uh 30 something it, it was um it was still I, I was too attached to america really to leave it so i thought well might as well just uh fight it out here so that, that's where i was why i'm not an expat uh another question for tony here from uh Sprumford on rumble he says uh, thanks tony for the silver advice any preference for large bars versus American Eagles, other than it's obviously a better deal to buy bars?
1: My advice to my customers is always uh, get the amount of ounces uh, closer to how much uh, the, the dollar units you have. Mm. Uh, American Eagles, the premiums on them, I don't agree with those premiums. Now, you're still getting silver cheap. I mean, uh, it's probably $31 an ounce uh, for an American Eagle today, and I haven't checked that's probably retail uh, around, around 30, 31. Uh, while you could stack you know 100-ounce silver bars for around 25, 20, 25 and a half. So you really need to take a look at how many ounces you're getting because that's what's going to be most important. Now, in your trading ability, fractional pre-1965 silver is a really good thing to have. If you join Wolfpack, we do a lot of the tenth ounce pieces. I was actually putting tenth ounce sovereign silver Britannia's That'll be coming up in the next uh, series of Wolfpack packages. I just bought about five thousand of those. Wow! So we're gonna, we're going to be putting those in in the in the orders soon. So we do a lot of fractional there. So if you've got tradable silver, that's the first thing you're going to want is tradable silver. American Eagles are fine if you can get a good deal. Uh, but after that, when you've when you've reached a point where I've got all my tradable silver that I'm probably going to need uh, for an emergency or for a while to spend, uh, you know, if there's a problem with the dollar or a currency run on the dollar, a currency collapse. After that, stack the ounces. And one of the best ways to do that is just get a recognizable bullion bar, um, kilo and up is probably the best deal. A key, a kilogram bars are a good deal all the way up to hundred ounce bars. Always a good deal.
0: Yeah, I've got the money for a hundred ounce bar. That's that's a good, <laughs> you're doing pretty good there. Uh, that's good to know. It's been great to uh, have you on. I, I I don't have any more questions here for you from the listeners, but um, and I know you got to get going because I usually do about a half hour work about one and a half times that. So thank you so much for coming on, Tony. Uh, Always interesting to talk to you. And uh, before we go, uh, anything else you want to tell people about what is happening at uh, Wolfpack and uh, with Wise Wolf?
1: Well, uh, first of all, always a, a pleasure to talk to you, David, and uh, it's an honor to sp- sponsor this program, and I know how I heard the first part of the show, and you talked about radio, and uh, you and I will talk soon. We've got uh, freeworld.fm. We're still we're working on launching, and I, I want to include you on that, and I know that, that it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough to broadcast. I know I run your broadcast a uh, short, short burst, and it's exhausting. Uh, I love doing it, but it—I uh, I know how much it takes out of you and uh, how much you're giving to the audience. So, um, we'll definitely discuss that. Wolfpack is is growing. We're 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 doing our best to to find interesting products and find good deals. Uh, I looked at the latest invoices. Uh, you know, if you look at your savings. Uh, I want people to pay it. To, when you get the new invoices in, check out the savings because I'm I'm meticulously going through product when I buy it and to see what I can what I can do to save people money, especially with uh, shipping and credit card fees and all that. And it's it's generally significant. Uh, I have bought in the last uh, couple of weeks uh, close to five thousand. Uh, ounces of, of Canadian silver maple leaves that are brilliant uncirculated with still the the boxes isn't an, uh, opened yet. So you're getting a lot of great stuff in Wolfpack and saving money that helps support uh, David. So you can go to davidknight.gold, check out uh, the tab that says join Wolfpack and the deals that are coming. We're working on the website, all that good stuff. And my two physical locations are there to, to serve people. You can do one-time purchases, 401k, rollovers, IRAs, all that stuff. And um We're just working on uh, faster shipments and better customer service as always and uh... Uh, thank you again for, for having me on.
0: Well, thank you. And thank you for supporting us. And uh, it, it really is a great idea what you've got in terms of group buying and being able to do it in small quantities and on a regular basis. That is uh, something that is a, a very unique service. And you do a great job with that. Uh, thank you so much, Tony. Again, Tony Ardiman of Wise Wolf Gold. And you can find his website and let him know that you're coming through us if you go to Gold, All the connections are there to take you right there. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it.
1: David Night Show is a critical thinking super spreader. If
2: you've been exposed to logic by listening to The David Night Show, please do your part and try not to spread it. Financial support or simply
1: telling others about the show causes this dangerous information to spread farther. People have to trust me. I mean, trust the science. Wear your
2: mask. Take your vaccine. Don't ask questions. Using free speech to free minds. It's the David Knight Show. Life is a continuous confrontation with forks in the road. One is good, one is bad. And you could always wander completely off the road altogether and become lost. Totally and completely lost. If you take the wrong fork at one of these junctions, there is always the opportunity at the next fork to get back on track. But it is a constant battle within ourselves. You see, I have studied this concept for many, many years. And I have to tell you that if there is a real devil, like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. I'm not telling you that there's no such thing as Satan or Lucifer. I'm telling you this. If there really is a devil, that devil exists in the hearts and minds of men and nowhere else. Nowhere else. For if you take man out of the equation, evil ceases to exist. And there is left only the laws of the universe and the balance of nature. Put man in the equation and before long, evil will rear its ugly head and present itself to the world. The evil is within man, and that is why it was called the fall. The devil never made anyone do it. If you do it, you did it yourself because you fell into temptation. For until man once again confronts the real nature of his own condition and of the world around him and accepts full responsibility for his actions without blaming anyone else or any devil, until then we will always be a puppet on the end of someone else's string. And ladies and gentlemen, when that someone pulls that string, we will dance.